All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a January 12th edition of the Daily Face-Off Show. Tyler Uremchuk and Frank Saravalli with you for 25, 30 minutes. But it's going to be straight hockey talk. Frank, how's it going? I'm pretty good, Tyler. How you doing, man? I'm fantastic. I said straight hockey talk, but we're going to show you what our fourth topic is in a second here. And uh, we might wane away from the hockey talk for just a little bit, but let's throw two well minutes deserved. and 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, well deserved. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the board and dig in to our first topic, which is certainly a hockey topic. Yesterday, Twitter was buzzing with numerous reports about what Evander Kane would do, when and where will he be signing. Frank, do we have any sort of update on the Evander Kane situation? Yeah, I don't think it, there's any doubt, Tyler, that this is certainly getting closer to Evander Kane making a decision here. Kevin Weeks reporting this morning that it's down to two teams and could be finalized as soon as today. Uh, certainly a matter of when and not if. But when I think about the two teams involved, I, I think it's pretty clear that the Edmonton Oilers are one of them. And, and I think a lot of people do believe that Evander Kane is going there. I think um, the the communication that's been involved from the Oilers, I believe Connor McDavid has been a part of the process and has reached out to Evander Kane directly uh, to engage in conversation about trying to have him join the Edmonton Oilers. I think that goes a long way. Um, I think we're a little bit less certain as to who the mystery team is. I, I have a hunch that it is the Florida Panthers, not confirmed. 
Um, you know, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning have been in there. I think the St. Louis Blues have been engaged in conversation. I think there's been a number of teams. Uh, I think there's also plenty of teams that just, I, I think the total Tyler ended up being 16 teams that had engaged in some kind of conversation or information gathering process with Evander Kane, which leaves almost exactly half the league that said, you know what, we're going to sit this one out. So certainly a an interesting scenario, but what strikes me as the difference, Tyler, between the Oilers and the other teams that I just mentioned as potentially being in the mix in, in Florida, in Tampa, St. Louis, uh, I, I don't believe Carolina was interested or, or at least had gone down the path to being one of the finalists. Uh, I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs were ever interested. There were so many different and varied reports out there. Um, and in this case, moving forward, uh, the difference between the Oilers and some of those other teams is that Evander Kane is an accessory. He's a luxury to those teams that are in on solid ground in the standings, whereas for the Oilers, it feels a little bit more like a sense of, of desperation trying to find a player that won't cost a lot that you don't have to give up assets for to try and get this team out of the rut that they've been in. Yeah. And the Oilers desperately need scoring outside of 97 and 29. And we just flashed up the numbers from Evander Kane. If you, if you prorate those goals to an 82 game season, he scored at a 30 goal pace or better in each of the, the last five seasons, the Oilers need that production on the ice, but given the way things have, kind of gone so far over the last month and a half in Edmonton. They really don't need the distraction off the ice. So if it is indeed Edmonton, it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out in both of those regards. Uh, speaking of on the ice, Evgeny Malkin made his return and you really couldn't have scripted a better return to the ice for Evgeny Malkin and the Penguins. A 4-1 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Malkin scores twice adds an assist. He was looking for that empty netter as well. Asked about it after the game. He said he was thinking shot. He didn't want to give anyone a goal. He wanted the hat trick, but uh, he also added a power play goal, which is an area where the Penguins really need a boost. They're 22nd in the NHL in power play percentage. But Frank, that was really quite the night for Gino. Yeah, it was. And I, I love the the brilliance from Sidney Crosby on one of the Malkin goals, a shot from the point that just a perfectly timed jump. Here it is uh, with Crosby screening the goaltender's eyes, missing the puck with his, make sure he doesn't get in the way of the puck on its way into the net and uh, just textbook in terms of uh, how you'd screen the goalie. So nice to see Evgeny Malkin back. Nice to see him scoring goals again. And what I love about the connection that he has with a player like Sidney Crosby, you see that in action, even though it's his first game back this season and, and first game in a long, long time, to see that chemistry that exists there and to see the chemistry that's existed there for a long time. The Pittsburgh Penguins sharing a graphic uh, on their PR account yesterday on Twitter. 16 seasons that these guys have played together. What a stat this is. The most by a trio in NHL history, Crosby, Malkin, and Chris Letang. You look at some of the others, uh, that's three Stanley Cups for these guys. And certainly the Montreal Canadiens uh, of yesteryear have delivered on, on the Cups as well. But it was a six-team league then. It was a lot easier to keep your, your players together. Uh, Dustin Brown, Andre Kopitar, and Jonathan Quick are the only sort of modern-day comparison that are in the same uh, conversation. And, and Brown, Kopitar, and Quick still together. I guess the question is, Tyler, how long will this trio stay together? You've got uh, Malkin and Latang both as pending unrestricted free agents. I think Evgeny Malkin will be back so long as he wants to. I'm not as certain on Chris Letang, but I actually give it a little bit better than a 50-50 shot that the trio stays together next year. I think it's 
all really going to come down to term for Chris Letang at this point in terms of what the Pittsburgh Penguins might be willing to offer in a number of years and what can you get him to stay for. So going to be critical conversations, but that chemistry, you can't buy that type of chemistry. No, you can't. And I really do think, I mean, if one of them leaves, I think that's almost a really tough pill to swallow to be the one who kind of breaks up that modern dynasty. And I also think their success on the ice this season and and how far they go could determine that as well. I mean, if you go to the second or who knows the third round with that group, I mean, do you really want to walk away for maybe an extra million bucks on a deal or something like that? So I do think the on ice results will have a bit of an impact there. Jack Eichel out in Vegas heading to the Western Conference now. He skated in a red non-contact sweater with the Vegas Golden Knights. His first practice with the team since his next surgery. Great to see a guy who was really one of the best players in the NHL finally get back on the ice and take a big step towards returning to game action with the Golden Knights. Also a little weird to see him in these colors still for me, Frank. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I kind of like it. Uh, the red non-contact yeah. throws you off a bit, but uh, it's going to be exciting to think of him in, in the gray, gold, and white for uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. It, you know, they're a team that I think could desperately use his help down the middle. Um, but in addition to that, they, they're just sort of rolling along at the moment. They had a, a bit of a tough start to the season. They've been clobbered with injuries all season long. Everyone wants to know what they're going to do from the salary cap perspective once they try and activate Jack Eichel. But the key for me is is the long-term outlook here, the long-term view with this. That's what this, that's what this play was for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's not just about this year and this year's playoff run. It's the next number of years that you have Jack Eichel, which is why you go ahead and, and let him have the surgery that he's looking for. He says he's almost feeling 100% feeling back to normal. And, you know, you see him out there, at the way he's moving. Uh, there were some other clips that I saw from practice that he just looks really good. So uh, when you can plug a player like that into your lineup uh, at a certain point in the season with a team that's already been rolling along, well, the Golden Knights, you know, certainly are welcoming that. Yeah, and you mentioned the the center depth. Like heading into the season, this Vegas team, I mean, obviously they they were looking like a cup contender, but everyone looked down the middle before the Eichel trade and kind of said, okay, are they deep enough there? It was Carlson, Stevenson, Wah, and then a guy like Nolan Patrick. And I mean, the Eichel acquisition takes them from, in my opinion, kind of a middle of the pack center depth team to right up to the front. Like I don't think there's anyone in the Western Conference whose centers you would take ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights. Like maybe Edmonton with McDavid, Dreisaitl, but things fall off so hard after that. that when you look at Eichel, Carlson, Stevenson, that is a really, really loaded top nine. And it's a Vegas team that, I, I mean, I just, I can't put pick holes in it. It'll be interesting to see what they do with their cap situation, but they really do. That's what I was going to say. You, you can't pick holes in it now, but what about the player that they're, or two that they're going to have to pluck off in order to make this work? Yeah, and, and that'll be what's interesting because right now, I mean, they still have Martinez on LTIR, Pacioretty's out after having surgery. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It'll also be interesting to see, like you have Riley Smith on your trade targets list, Frank, but are teams going to be willing to just go help out the Golden Knights? Or it'll be fascinating to see how that market unfolds as well. Well, it, it depends on really what their own team needs are. I don't think anyone wants to throw them a lifeline given that they're in this mess, but I think ultimately it could be a, a nice acquisition for a team to to grab one of those players, especially if you're comfortable or, or have experience with those players, uh, to get them at potentially a bargain value price. 
It's early in 2022, but we have one of our first viral moments of the season, Frank, and boy, is it a doozy. This is not something I expected to be talking about today, um, but rapper Kodak Black going viral for something that happened at a Panthers game. Like this is this is going to TMZ level stuff. Like when you Google Kodak Black, the first like three suggestions now are Kodak Black, Florida Panthers, Kodak Black hockey game, Kodak Black NHL. Um, it's putting the NHL on a stage, Frank. Uh, what did you think when you when you were watching the reaction to this on Twitter last night? First off, I was giggling endlessly. I, I didn't even know who Kodak Black was. Like, no idea. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, Tyler, someone like you, could fill me in in terms of uh, you know what he's known for in his songs. But uh, I mean, like, come on. This is. I know the NHL is probably not thrilled about the the manner in which they're getting attention, <laughs> but. You know, the fact that they were promoting him previously on their social feed, you know, we, we did end up seeing a, a side view of, of Kodak Black, uh, you know, that he posted on his Instagram to show that he was not indeed uh, engaging in, in sexual relations in the box next to the Florida Panthers executives. But what was most funny to me was just the social media reaction. I mean, Roberto Luongo's in the box next door and he sends out a tweet uh, a little bit later on, just so many different funny comments. Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty had uh, some really good ones. And uh, no word, Tyler, on if the Department of Player Safety is giving Kodak Black a suspension for checking from behind. So uh, certainly uh, a really intriguing uh, circumstance to have Kodak Black. And, and as our slug indicates, a true Kodak moment for the NHL. Indeed. And I love this one here. Watching the Panthers four line, you know, I'm something of a grinder myself ties in perfectly. But actually, Frank, I'm getting this from our producer, Alex. We were able to grab some exclusive footage uh, at Daily Faceoff. I believe we have something from the meeting between Kodak Black and the NHL head office. Alex, can we play that? Was that wrong? <laughs> Should I not have done that? I tell you, I got to plead ignorance on this thing because if anyone had said anything to me at all when I first started here that that sort of thing was frowned upon. <laughs> that is just wrong on so many levels. And, and honestly, when one. you look back on it, who, who had more game? Was it Kodak Black or the Florida Panthers last night? Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the saw, night in... I, I was going to say, as I saw out there, I mean, Tuesday nights, Kodak Black is just doing it better than the rest of us. Absolutely, Frank. Uh, all right, let's get back to the serious hockey talk and get into the next wave with our friend Chris Peters. Pleased to welcome back to the Daily Faceoff show, Chris Peters, for another edition of The Next Wave. And we've got, uh, he, Chris is still smirking and laughing from our Kodak. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk. help we've, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got uh, some serious Olympic talk. The Olympics in Beijing just a few weeks away. USA Hockey and Hockey Canada scrambling furiously to get their rosters uh, buttoned up and ready for Beijing. We, the two of us, had tag teamed on an initial look at the USA Hockey roster uh, from last week, and we'll have Alex throw that up there. 
But when you when you look at this group, and, and I know it's going to expand with the U.S. taking 25 players to Beijing, and, and you've got some insight on who some of those additional players might be from this list that we talked about last week. What struck me, Chris, is how many college hockey players are on it. Were you expecting there to be that many, or perhaps the USA Hockey leaning on some European and, and Russian uh, pro players uh, that are playing in those leagues over there? Yeah, well, I'd say initially I was surprised at the number, um, but really this has kind of been the strategy once they knew that NHL players weren't going to be there. And part of that is because of the fact that um, part of the part of that is because of the fact that when they went to the Olympics in 2018, their two best players were Ryan Donato and Troy Terry, two current college players. Uh, Jordan Greenway was also a, a key player for them as a college player. So what they learned was. Those players that are in college are closer to their NHL careers than the guys that are, you know, have already had that opportunity. So, you know, you you think that that inexperience and that youth would be a detriment. Well, really, they're actually closer to their prime years than most of the other players. So that is a huge reason that they are going with the college players. On top of that, they also know these guys really well from previous World Juniors. Look at Maddie Beniers. Um, you know, Noah Cates, who played in the World Juniors, Nathan Smith, never played in the World Juniors, but has played um, in the USHL and is, is his head coach. Mike Hastings is now an assistance coach with Team USA. Matthew Nyes brings a lot of size, and he, he was really probably one of USA's top forwards at the last World Juniors before it got canceled. And then on the blue line, you can't find a better American defenseman than Jake Sanderson outside of the NHL right now. And he'll be a guy that plays a lot of minutes and probably... Uh, a key player throughout the rest of the the, the way for USA Hockey at, at multiple levels because he's one of the best that they have right now. Chris, coming north of the border here and talking a little bit about the Canadian roster, uh, you know, for, for a Canadian hockey fan who maybe doesn't know a lot outside the NHL in terms of players, who are you kind of expecting to take the reins as a key piece on this Canadian team and what could maybe their strength as a group be? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Tyler, because, I mean, really – the, I think Canada is in a bit of a, a different position. They have a lot more guys that are that are have NHL experience that are playing abroad that that are more attractive. They have other guys like retirees, like or not retirees, but guys that aren't playing currently, like Eric Stahl, and you know those are players that they can bring in. But I think that the key guys for this team, the 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 most important player for this team is going to be Owen Power. So that's a guy that NHL fans know. He's probably going to be Canada's number one defenseman. He's going to play a lot of minutes. He's he already proved at the last year's World Championships, the World Men's Championships, that he can play with pros and that he can be a guy that can drive play and play over 20 minutes a game. And, and, and you know, you don't miss a beat that way. I also think, you know, it sounds like Mason McTavish, who plays currently in the OHL, just got traded in the OHL, um, is going to be eligible because CHL players can't be called back up to the NHL after they've been sent down, except on an emergency basis. So if they get him... You watch how he played at the most recent World Juniors before it was canceled. You watch how he played with the Anaheim Ducks at the beginning of the season. You're like, wow, this guy can be an impact player right now. So I, I think that both teams are finding that they are going to lean on some of their younger players in addition to a lot of those European pros and, and others that are going to kind of be more roster filler than necessarily the key players. Chris, I think the big question everyone wants to know is when you take a look at some of the players on the list that the U.S. and Canada might be taking, can either of those countries be competitive? 
I believe they can. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing is, is that there's no prep time. You basically get the team, you go to China, you practice, and then you play. And so that's one thing that I think is probably a detriment to more USA than any of the other teams, because there have been events like the Channel One Cup, which was contested in Russia. Canada even sent a team to that. So, you know, they they've had some opportunity to play with each other. So it's really about can you get these guys to gel together quickly enough and compete? But you go back to 2018 and what was the gold medal game? Germany versus Russia or the Olympic athletes from Russia, if you want to be technical about it. And who were the players that were driving play? Well, even for Russia, it was Kirill Kaprizov. It was it was uh, it, it was um, Nikita Gusev. I mean, guys that had not yet played in the NHL in addition to players like Pavel Datsuk. So, you know, that's kind of the thing that I, I'm fascinated by is that, you know, these younger teams very well could be even more competitive. Um, and then you also look at that, that German team was about 56 seconds away from winning a gold medal with only one guy that ended up playing in the NHL after that, Dominic Cahoon. And so I think it's possible, you know, it's, it's really, it's tough to say. I think goaltending is going to be an issue for both teams. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the areas where I think there's less experience and then also less high end. But I think that that's going to be an issue for every single country because you're looking at older players, guys that are past the prime. I think USA is going in a younger direction for their goaltending. So that might be an advantage, but man, I, I'm telling you, I think that it's anybody, it's, it's going to be a wide open tournament. I think anyone can win it. And if you can predict who's going to win this gold medal, I mean, I think Russia will go in as the favorites because of the experience that they have, but it's certainly not a guarantee that they're going to be the best team there. Plenty of storylines to keep an eye on, and we will continue to do so over the next month here. Chris, appreciate the insight. This has been another edition of The Next Wave. Yeah, just to piggyback on that, it'll be fascinating to see what the betting odds end up being when we get a look at them courtesy of points, Ben. It's something I'll be doing in the next few weeks here. But for now, our you want daily a bold prediction? Yeah, I do. I was going to say my bold prediction is that the women's tournament, and rightly so, is way more watched than the men's tournament at the Olympics. Yeah, and, and I'd buy that. Absolutely. Getting a look at the rosters that have been named recently, it should be. I mean, has Canada USA at the women's events ever disappointed? No reason to expect Never. it wouldn't be thrilling. Yeah. Um, let's get into our inbox question, though. Hashtag AskDFO. You can send them in on Instagram or Twitter. The best all-star game format that the NHL has ever had, Frank. What's your take? I like the fantasy draft. I liked the Team North America against the world. Um, I think the three-on-three is interesting more so just because of the limitations that you have with so many teams that need to be represented in your division, you know, eight teams that you need to represent with what, uh, 12 spots. So does it leaves a lot of really talented players off? I think one of the things this year is just going to be all the players with COVID concerns that say, Hey, maybe I don't want to go this year. Do they have to deal with a suspension on the back end? Will that still be upheld? You know, one question, Tyler, that I asked of the league as well in the last number of weeks since the Olympic decision was made, and that was, you've talked about going to a three-on-three version uh, of an international-style all-star break. That was one of the ideas from a few years back that's just been tabled uh, as a way to try and spice it up. You know, you have a three-on-three team from Sweden play against the U.S., against Canada, against, you know, whoever it ends up being. and 
it's just something that they weren't able to pull off in between making the Olympic decision and then playing this uh, all-star weekend in Vegas this time around. Um, the jerseys had already been made up, for instance, little things like that, that I think, you know, especially in a year without the Olympics, we all would have been uh, certainly welcoming a little bit of a way to spice up all-star weekend. Yeah, I, I love the three on three. And uh, I also love the fantasy draft like you did. It gave us some great moments. I mean, when it was televised, you got some really, really funny stuff. Um, and I, I would personally love to see it never be the same on a year to year basis. I'd love to see them just keep changing it up. Three on three is good, but sure, let's do divisions one year. Let's do fantasy draft the next year. Let's do countries the next year. I think it'd be a really interesting way to always have the conversation be fresh around the all star break and and Really, like it'd be great if, yeah, we're sitting here on the show and going, hey, how will the country's format compare to the fantasy draft format we saw last year? I'd love to see them just always have it uh, freshened up a little bit. Uh, but we'll have some more stuff over at Daily Face off our projected rosters from our staff of writers. We'll be going up there. So as always, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. And now let's get into our betting segment, Frank. And I'm excited to get to this one because I went 2-0 and last night. I'm feeling good. I'm going to look to make it four in a row and get back-to-back sweeps here. So let's jump right into it, courtesy of our friends at PointsBet, starting with the matchup between the Coyotes and the Maple Leafs. Back-to-back games for the Leafs, and they are going with Peter Mrazek between the pipes tonight. He's allowed 11 goals in his three appearances this season, and because of that, I am going with the over in this hockey game. The Arizona Coyotes have had six or more goals in three of their four games since coming back from the COVID-slash-Christmas break. The Leafs have had at least six goals in all six of their games so far this month. I love going with the over six goals in this one between the Leafs and the Coyotes. think we'll see plenty of offense in this one. And for my player prop of the day, I'm going to the Boston Bruins versus Montreal Canadiens. And I'm going with Taylor Hall over half an assist. He's been put on a line with David Pasternak. And the production's really picked up. Back-to-back games with two apples for Taylor Hall. Well, he only needs one to hit this nice plus 145 payout. He's also had at least an assist in four of his last five games. Montreal has allowed 14 goals against in their last three games as well. I think the Bruins will have no problem scoring, and I like Taylor Hall to pick up an apple at plus 145. 45 there for Taylor Hall. Just a quick hit before we get to garbage time. The NHL Central Scouting Bureau has released their midseason rankings. No surprise, Shane Wright at number one as the North American top-ranked skater. But Logan Cooley, who is uh, certainly a, going to be a burgeoning star of Team USA's entry at the World Juniors, he is the number two-ranked North American skater. I'm looking forward to catching up with Chris Peters and his rankings uh, at the midseason point on dailyfaceoff.com soon. But Tyler, it is garbage time, so I'll seed the floor to you. What's caught your eye? What's grabbed your attention? I don't want to seem like some sort of hockey spirit Grinch or anything like that, but I've noticed an uptick this year in fans bringing signs to games that say like, hey, can I have a stick? Can I have a puck? And my problem with this is when it's grown adults who are just doing this on their own, standing at the glass, banging on it with their sign. Can I have a stick? Patrick Kane, can I have a stick? And I've just had enough of it. Leave it for the kids. Even then, I think sometimes this is getting a little out of hand. Frank, this might be a really weird thing for me to be ranting about, but I always see it just posted everywhere on social media. Like, oh, look at this great moment. A fan gave another or a player gave a fan a stick. And it's like, well, yeah, because they sat there banging on the glass with a sign that said, I want a stick. Like, don't ask for it. If you're there and it happens, it's a cool moment. But I've just had enough with the like 
basically begging and pleading, like, can I please have something? I'm standing here in warmups. It's the equivalent of a grown adult bringing their glove to a baseball game for me, Frank. I don't know. Is that a weird thing for me to rant about? Am I being dumb? No, not weird. I, I think it's weird yeah. in general. Like, I, I mean, obviously, yeah. even not being a reporter, like I would never go to a game wearing another man's jersey. Like, I, I just think that's weird in general. Um, that's not the jaded sports writer take. That's just like, that's how I feel in general. But uh, I did see one of those such social media posts the last number of days. My wife left me. Please give me a puck. Like, come on, man. Have some self-respect. Do better. <laughs> so uh, certainly on board with your rant. Yeah, there we go. Uh, one, one of the maybe more basic garbage times we've had, but I really wanted to get that off my chest. Got a lot off our chest on this show, Frank, and I wanted a nice Kodak black way to tie this all together, but I couldn't come up with one. So I will awkwardly end the January 12th edition of the Daily Faceoff show. As always, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. Frank and Mike will be back tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. 
Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.